Hi guys, I'm Feather, and I look just like any other 16-year-old, right? Actually, my life as a teenager is far from ordinary since I have hemophilia, a rare disease in which my blood doesn't clot properly, so even a simple graze could be fatal. My parents are so worried that I might hurt myself that they keep me safely shut away in this mansion. In fact, I've never left it. Money isn't a problem to them as they own this massive energy corporation, so to compensate for me not being able to go outside, they make sure I get anything I ask for. My giant playroom is cool, right? Not only that, but I also own a dressing room with hundreds of cute Lolita outfits. And an enormous pantry full of my favorite snacks that I can enjoy at any time. You see, there's honestly nothing to complain about, except I suppose it does get a bit lonely sometimes. Until one morning, I was woken up by a screeching noise coming from downstairs. Are you kidding me? Do you want to burn my throat with this or what? What's going on here? I went over to the living room and was stunned to see a girl sitting way too comfortably on our couch. I was still trying to figure out who she was when she suddenly said, You, standing at the door, get me another glass of cool water. Now. Taken aback, I instinctively went to get her water. Then the girl finally looked up and seemed startled to see me. Oh my, I'm terribly sorry. I thought you were just one of the maids. Turns out she's Katie, the daughter of Mr. and Mrs. Forger, the two scientists that are collaborating with our family's corporation. My parents arranged for them to stay here to facilitate the research on the upcoming project. When I told her about my life and condition, she seemed really surprised. Oh, Feather, it's as if you live in your own tiny world. There are already flying cars out there, and they've just invented time machines too. You're missing out on so much. Really? How come no one told me about this? <laughs> I'm just joking, silly. Whoa, you weren't kidding about not leaving this place, were you? Then she started telling me about some of her favorite things to do in the outside world, such as watching the latest movies in the cinema, going to the mall where she could actually try things on before buying them, or attending all the fun festivals. It all sounds so cool. We chatted for ages, then I showed Katie around the mansion. Her reaction when seeing my dressing room and the playroom was seriously priceless. <laughs> From then on, I spent lots of time with Katie, but my favorite part about being around her were her stories about school, where she got to learn new things and make a lot of friends. Seeing my excited expression, Katie immediately suggested that I talk to my parents about maybe letting me experience it myself. Actually, it doesn't hurt to try, right? So at dinner, I gathered my courage to say, Mom, Dad, I want to go to school. I understand that you're worried for me, so Katie will come along to protect me. Right, Katie? Oh, yes, that's right. Feather is in good hands, Mr. and Mrs. Adams. My parents seemed very hesitant, but after a whole lot of persuading, they finally agreed with conditions. We'll join the most prestigious school in the state and have our own chauffeur. As for Katie, to avoid any incidents occurring, I suggest you get rid of the long nails and jewelry, Katie. We went back to my room after dinner, and I just couldn't hide my excitement. Yes, we'll get to go to school together soon. What should I prepare? What would you recommend? But then I noticed Katie staring in sorrow at her newly done set of nails. I'm so sorry, Katie. Is there anything I can do to make it up to you? It's okay, Feather. What matters is that you're able to go to school, and I'm so happy for you. It's bedtime anyways. I'll head back to my room now. I'm so lucky to have a friend like her. As I was indulging in my thoughts, a familiar voice startled me. Hey, I heard you two are going to school. Are you sure it's safe? Katie doesn't seem all that trustworthy. That is none of your business. You're just jealous that I've made a new friend while you're still lonely, aren't you? 
In case you're wondering, this guy is Liam, the butler's son. He was my childhood best friend and used to come to the mansion every day for homeschooling and to spend time with me. But we had some petty argument and I hadn't seen him since. Well, at least not until now. He was about to ramble about something else, but I slammed the door in his face. I wasn't going to let him ruin my mood. What I need to think about is my school day that's coming up. Oh my, it's so exciting, I really can't wait. Ah, we are going to Edgewood High today. So, I decided to wear my favorite Lolita dress as Katie suggested. Oh, I almost forgot, Mr. Freddy. He's been my best friend since childhood, and of course he had to come along with me on this big day. Katie also said I should try introducing him to everyone. That would help me make new friends faster. Such a brilliant idea. Whoa, we're finally here. Hey Katie, how do we find our lockers? Hey Katie, when is lunch? Hey Katie, do you know who's gonna teach us? Oh my god, Feather, stop asking, everyone's staring. Uh, I didn't even notice. It's probably because we're new. Hi, I'm Feather. Or maybe it's because of your extravagant outfit. Before I could say anything, someone spoke up. That's a lovely dress. Oh, you're right, they do seem to like my dress. <laughs> I waited for everyone in the room to settle, then confidently introduced myself. Hi everyone, I'm Feather, and this is my best friend, Mr. Freddy. As soon as they saw Mr. Freddy, everyone burst out laughing. I didn't know what was so funny, so I just awkwardly laughed along. After class, I asked Katie why our classmates laughed earlier, and what she told me was unbelievable. They were making fun of me. It's so sad to know, but I guess not everyone can be as nice as Katie. She also told me to dress down next time to attract less unwanted attention. It's a bit upsetting, but I guess I'll have to do what's best. So I listened to Katie's advice and ditched the OTT dress. Just like she said, people actually stopped staring at me. Here, hold this. You look really good holding books. Huh? That sounds kind of weird. But it's fine though. She probably wanted my help but was just too shy to ask. After the morning classes, I went to buy a bunch of lollipops. And that might look odd to Katie, so I let her know about how lollies are my special anxiety remedy. People here seem to be quite judgy, which got me a bit uneasy. You want one? Aw, poor you, but no thanks. By the way, I'll have lunch with David today. You know, the cute jock in our math class? So you're on your own this noon, okay? Then she quickly left without waiting for my response. I didn't know having lunch alone was so boring. Everyone has their own group, except for this one guy wearing a hoodie and a mask. Hi, can I join you? But he didn't even reply, just stood up and moved to another seat. Did... Did I do something wrong? Feeling the anxiety taking over, I immediately took a lollipop to calm myself down. And it's doing a wonderful job at making me feel better. But suddenly, someone snatched it out of my hand. I chased after him, but slipped on someone's foot and fell hard on the floor. Panicked, I burst out crying, and I heard the guy that took my candy say, Huh, huh, feather the toddler. Then everyone laughed at me again. Luckily, a guy spoke up. Stop this nonsense. What are you going to do if she's injured? Oh wait, it's the weird guy from lunch. He checked on me to make sure everything was fine, then quietly went back to his seat. I didn't even have the chance to ask for his name before the teacher came in. This guy was so strange, but there was one thing I didn't understand. Why was Katie also laughing? Back home, Katie came to find me in the playroom, and I questioned her about the incident earlier, and she quickly apologized as she thought they were just joking. She then suggested going shopping and offered to buy me something to cheer me up and so I agreed immediately. We went to the mall the next morning, and I had the best time. We had iced coffee and some delicious pudding. Katie also got me an adorable little hair clip, and so I bought her a bunch of new clothes in return. We were about to head home when Katie said, 
Hey, Feather, um, I have a cousin whose sneakers are falling apart. Would it be okay if you helped me get him a new pair? Of course, anything for my best friend. Making my best friend happy was the most wonderful feeling in the world. I'm so grateful to have such a lovely person like her to come into my life. But then, the next day, I walked into class to see Katie being all lovey-dovey with the boy who took my lollipop. So that's the David that she mentioned, and on his feet were the brand new sneakers that were supposed to be for her cousin. Why is he wearing the shoes I bought? Then Katie pulled me outside and explained profusely, Feather, calm down. The, the shoes were too big for my cousin, so I gave them to David. I didn't lie to you, I promise. Fine. Please just don't let me see him wearing them again. I felt really bad since Katie seemed really sad after hearing what I said. At that moment, David approached me. What's up, toddler? You got a problem with my new kicks? I froze in fear. Then, thankfully, an announcement came through the speaker. David Peterson, please come to the principal's office immediately. Turns out he's in trouble for spray painting a teacher's car. At least someone already helped me teach him a lesson, but that wasn't all. A few more of my classmates also got detention for cheating on the math quiz yesterday, while some others got caught skipping classes. It was such a crazy morning. It's as if someone was trying to play the hero here. Finally, it's lunch break. Hoped things would be better in the afternoon, but... Huh? What is this? A poster of me? It also says underneath, Feather the toddler is the snitch. Katie took a look at it and said that the best way to deal with these kinds of jokes was just to play along. Um, I'm not sure about that, but it seems like the only way now. And so, I climbed on an empty chair in the cafeteria and started speaking loud and clear. Mm, may I have everyone's attention, please? Hi, I am Feather the Toddler, and I am proud of it. Instead of getting the response I'd hoped for, what I got back was... Food! The whole cafeteria was laughing and throwing food at me. I covered my face, trying to dodge it, but the floor got slippery from all the greasy food, so I ended up falling. Oh no! I scratched myself! I could only lay on the ground out of pain. People finally stopped as they saw me bleed. All I could vaguely hear was a familiar voice calling my name. I woke up in the hospital to find Liam sitting next to me. Feather, you're awake. Do you feel pain anywhere? Well, Liam? Why are you here? Where's Katie? Katie? You're still worried about Katie? She's the one who was behind all this. She told the principal about your classmates and told everyone it was you to make them hate you. What? How is that possible? Turns out, the guy who was always wearing a hoodie and mask was Liam. Liam had always been suspecting something shady in Katie's behavior. So, after failing and warning me about her, he decided to look out for me himself instead. I cried and tried to hug him despite the pain on my arm. Then, Liam showed me a shocking video of Katie talking trash about me to everyone. Oh, why was Feather carrying my books, you ask? It's because her parents work for my family's corporation and she'll do anything I tell her to as long as I give her some money. <laughs> Seeing the anger and also disappointment in my eyes, Liam calmed me down and said he had a plan to expose my so-called best friend. When I returned to school a few days later, I stormed straight over to Katie. It's you! You're behind it all! I already know everything. <laughs> Stop being ridiculous, Feather. You got busted and now you're trying to blame me. Drop the act. No one's falling for it. At the end of class, Katie suddenly gathered everyone. People, head over to the lecture hall. I have something very interesting to show you guys. Oh boy, I wonder what else she has planned. Liam and I quickly followed the crowd and found Katie standing on stage. Oh, Feather, I'm glad you're here. This is about you after all. 
The screen started playing a video of me sitting on my swing, playing with my dolls, and taking armfuls of candy out of the pantry. Do you see that, everyone? Feather is just a toddler in a teenager's body. Such a weirdo. I was waiting for everyone to start laughing, but the crowd stayed completely silent. Then Katie hesitantly continued, Not only that, she's also the poser who snitched on us. Then, to her surprise, the angry crowd started booing and shouting at Katie, saying she is the evil snitch. Then they turned to me. Your rooms are actually pretty cool. I wish I had a snack pantry like that. It's so awesome. Katie sounded panicked as she continued talking more trash stuff about me, but no one listened. Turns out, Liam had set up a group chat in which he'd posted proof of Katie's actions, including the video of her talking to David, and also pictures of her coyly walking out of the principal's office after she must have snitched on everyone, and her putting up that mean poster about me. Katie, you're the one embarrassing yourself. Everyone knows that you're a snake in the grass. I trusted you, and what I get back are all these lies and schemes. I feel so ashamed for ever calling you a friend. As Katie looked around at the unimpressed-looking crowd, she realized her game was up and quickly fled the scene. Later on, we arrived home to see my angry-looking parents standing next to Katie's mom and dad who had all their luggage packed ready to move out. Yes, Liam had already told them everything. In the end, Katie's parents made her apologize to me. Only after a lot of persuading did my parents let them keep their jobs. I never saw Katie again, but I did make a bunch of new friends that I invite around sometimes. The snack pantry is a big hit. <laughs> Now, I wear whatever I like without worrying about being judged. Most of all, I'm enjoying my school life, and it's all thanks to the help of my trusty soulmate, Liam. Ugh, another day in this insufferable place. It's lunchtime, and I'm sitting alone at my usual spot in the cafeteria. The buzzing noise of other students fills the air like an obnoxious soundtrack. Great. I take a bite of my mediocre lunch, trying to ignore the stares. You see, I have these, well, crazy eyes. They change color and pattern depending on my emotions, making me a walking mood ring. I guess I'm like a living meme. The mockery of the century. Suddenly, my best friend, Hanako, slides into the seat across from me. This overly enthusiastic girl is the only one who can tolerate my sarcasm. And, well, my eyes. Kazumi, did you see the new meme about the doge to the moon thing? It's hilarious. I roll my eyes. If only they could send me to the moon and away from all this drama. Wow, Hanako. Such meme. Much originality. She giggles and shows me the meme on her phone. I'll admit it's pretty funny, but I'd rather not give her the satisfaction. You know, with your crazy eyes, you could become a meme too. Just think about it. My eyes flicker to a neon green with a lightning bolt pattern. Really, Hanako? As if I need more attention. Oh, I can see it now. Crazy eyes, Kazumi. The internet sensation who puts all other memes to shame. Suddenly, a paper ball hits the side of my head. I glance up to see Yuji smirking from a nearby table. Yuji the popular guy who loves to make my life miserable. Hey, crazy eyes! Wanna show us some of your tricks? His friends laugh, and my eyes narrow, turning a fiery red with smoke patterns. I clench my fists, trying to hold back my anger. Just ignore them, Kazumi. They're not worth your time. Hanako reaches across the table, giving my hand a reassuring squeeze. Don't let them get to you, Kazumi. You're way cooler than them. <sighs> 
Thanks, Hanako. But sometimes I just wish I was normal. She looks at me with sympathy. I appreciate her concern, but I can't help feeling like a burden. Later, as I walk through the school hallways, I can't shake off the feeling that I'm being watched. I pause, glancing around. Suddenly, I spot a flashy girl with a camera in her hand, quickly snapping a picture of me. Hey, crazy eyes! You're gonna be famous soon. I frown, watching her hurry off. Why can't I just be left alone? Great. Another wannabe paparazzo. Can't wait for my inevitable rise to fame. When I reach my locker, I find a note taped to it. Meet me on the rooftop after school. I have something important to tell you. Oh, how original. A rooftop rendezvous. I can't wait to find out who my secret admirer is. My eyes shift to a deep blue with question mark patterns. I can't help but feel a mix of curiosity and annoyance. Just who could this mysterious note lever be? Might as well find out. If nothing else, it'll be a good laugh. The school day drags on, each class more tedious than the last. I can hardly wait for the final bell to ring. As it does, I quickly gather my things and head for the rooftop. The anticipation is killing me. Or maybe it's just indigestion from the cafeteria food. As I open the rooftop door, I'm greeted by a gentle breeze and the sight of Yuto, the quiet guy, who's always been somewhat of an enigma to me. My eyes shift to a pale pink with swirls, signaling my surprise and confusion. Hey, Kazumi, I've been waiting for you. Really? You're the one who left the note? What's the catch? <laughs> no catch. I just wanted to talk to you about your eyes. I cross my arms, not entirely convinced by his friendly demeanor. What about them? Are you here to make fun of me too? No, not at all. Actually, I wanted to tell you that I think they're amazing. My eyes widen, turning a bright yellow with star patterns. This was unexpected. Wait, you're serious? You don't think they're freakish? No way! I think your eyes make you unique and special. And I'm not the only one. There's a whole online community who would love to see them. What? Like some kind of crazy eye fetish group? <laughs> no, no! It's a group of people who celebrate unique abilities. Like yours. I think you'd fit right in. I can't help but crack a small smile. Maybe Yuto isn't as bad as I thought. But a part of me is still skeptical. So what? I just start posting pictures of my eyes online and suddenly I'm a star? Why not? You never know what could happen. Embrace your unique ability and show the world what you've got. I look out over the school grounds, thinking about his words. Could I really turn my so-called curse into something positive? The thought is both terrifying and exhilarating. Maybe it's time to stop hiding in the shadows. Let's see if the world is ready for Crazy Eyes Kazumi. With a newfound sense of determination, I look back at Yuto. All right, I'll give it a shot. But if I become a meme, it's on you. We both laugh as we walk back into the school building. My eyes now a kaleidoscope of colors, reflecting my whirlwind of emotions. Little did I know, my life was about to take an unexpected turn. Over the next few weeks, Yuto helps me set up an online presence. We create profiles on various social media platforms and start posting pictures and videos of my eyes in action. It's a strange experience, but also kind of fun. Who knew there were so many hashtags for unique eyes? Slowly but surely, I start to gain followers. People are fascinated by my eyes, leaving comments ranging from amazing to are they even real? Wow, it's like I've discovered a whole new world of validation. My self-esteem has never been higher. 
Yuto just laughs and continues to encourage me. He's always there, helping me come up with new ideas and cheering me on. I have to admit, it's nice to have someone in my corner. One day, as we're scrolling through my latest posts, I notice a message from a talent agency. They want to represent me and help me turn my unique eyes into a brand. My eyes flash to a vibrant purple with exclamation points, reflecting my shock and excitement. Is this for real? They want me to become a model or something? Told you your eyes were amazing. This is just the beginning, Kazumi. The world is gonna love you. As much as I want to maintain my sarcastic facade, I can't help but feel a surge of happiness. Maybe my eyes really can bring something positive to my life. Well, I guess it's time to take the world by storm. One crazy-eyed selfie at a time. Together, Yuto and I dive headfirst into the world of modeling, endorsements, and even a TV appearance or two. It's surreal and chaotic, but also incredibly exciting. My life has become a whirlwind of photo shoots, interviews, and autographs. It's like I'm living in some kind of bizarre alternate reality. I went from being the outcast to the star attraction. Through it all, Yuto remains by my side, offering support and guidance. Our friendship grows stronger, and I find myself wondering if there might be something more between us. <sighs> Love and fame. It's like a cliched drama waiting to happen. But as my fame continues to rise, so does the pressure. I struggle to balance school, my personal life, and my newfound career. The constant attention and scrutiny wear on me, and I begin to feel trapped. I wanted to be accepted for my crazy eyes, but now it feels like they're all anyone sees. Is this really what I wanted? As I sit on the rooftop, reflecting on the whirlwind my life has become, Yuto finds me, a concerned look on his face. Kazumi, are you okay? You've been really quiet lately. I look at him, my eyes a stormy gray with raindrop patterns, revealing my inner turmoil. I don't know, Yuto. I thought fame would make me happy, but it just feels overwhelming. He sits down beside me, offering a comforting presence. It's okay to feel overwhelmed. You've been through a lot. Just remember, you're more than just your crazy eyes. You're Kazumi, and that's what really matters. As his words sink in, my eyes slowly shift to a soft blue with a gentle wave pattern. Maybe there's more to me than just my eyes, and it's time to find out who I really am, beyond the fame and the memes. Rose, the violin teacher will be here in 20 minutes, so please prepare for the lesson in advance. Punctuality is an important quality of a true lady. My mother reminded me. Her tone made me mad. Of course, mommy. I'll be there in 20 minutes. I replied and thought about how much I hated the violin. Wouldn't it all go to hell? For the first time in my life, I dared to go against my parents. Threw a few things in my bag and walked out of the house with determination. Hello, Amanda? I think I left home. Please meet me there if you don't mind, she said. I said in a trembling voice into the phone. My heart was producing so much adrenaline. I never experienced anything like that before. So that's how you are, Freedom. I took a deep breath and said with pleasure, and set forth towards my dream. Hi, my name is Rose, and my dream is to be the daughter of poor parents. Mine, unfortunately, are too rich. And I'm sick of money and everything that goes with it. What? Are you crazy? The whole world dreams of a life like yours, and you don't appreciate what you have. That's what most people I know say, and you probably agree with them. But I'll try to explain why being rich is terrible. I look at my baby pictures and realize, God, I even had couture diapers. 
and I don't seem to have had shit on them at all. Because my whole life since I was born has been all about showing off and the pursuit of perfection. That's the way it is in rich families. I was always forbidden to play in the sandbox because I could get dirty. It was the same with puddles, sticks, and even food. I was shielded from anything that would spoil the appearance of a real princess, and I was spoon-fed until I was five, so that, God forbid, I wouldn't get dirty during dinner. Every meal in our house is a special ritual and a kind of celebration, where it's customary to come dressed up in nice clothes and a suit full of manners. Rose, you don't need your other hand for bread, but to hold a knife with it and help yourself with it when you're eating. My mother and babysitter were always reprimanding me and teaching me about life. I can tell you with certainty, I never had a childhood. And what a normal child's childhood was like, I learned only from the television. Sometimes we were in public places, which luckily my parents were not afraid to take me to from time to time. Rose, you don't have to fight with Alexa. She has a really nice family. You should be friends with her. My mother insisted when I was four years old and I didn't want to have a terrible friend around me that my family forced on me. I had to. Do you understand? I only had to be friends with someone my parents thought was worthy. Besides, from an early age, I was told what to do. My parents chose my hobbies and interests for me. Ballet, modeling school, vocal, violin. And I was sick of it all because I wanted to pursue basketball and playing a guitar and just walk down the street like normal kids. Instead, I, along with the babysitter, was worried about my daily schedule, and I was afraid I was going to miss a class. Yes, I always had things that other kids could only dream of, but believe me, none of that compares to the sweet word, freedom. My life changed drastically when our housekeeper came to visit us one day with her daughter Amanda. Amanda was my age, and I was immediately won over by her spontaneity, her cheerful nature, and her total openness to the world. She was very different from all my friends and acquaintances, and even me. I never met people like that before. Don't you know what a slingshot is? Seriously? Wow! Amanda laughed good-naturedly, showing me a branch with a rubber band stretched over it. Then she taught me how to shoot it. She also drew squares on the pavement with numbers inside, and then we jumped on them. God, she had, like, a hundred ways to do it. And they were all cooler than PlayStation games, Sims, and even Among Us. Adventures with Amanda were the best I ever had. And how many interesting, exciting stories she told. And then I tripped over some rock and smashed my knee, ripping my pants and bleeding all over. She was talking about one of her adventures. Wow, you went straight to the hospital? Did your parents scold you? I asked naively. I wanted to know the details. Funny. What should I be scolded for? For a broken knee or ruined pants? Of course not. My mom just felt sorry for me. Amanda answered. And every time I did, I realized that I wanted to give up everything I had in favor for the life Amanda and her friends lived. But I had no way of getting into that other life. And Amanda was my secret friend. If my parents found out that I was communicating with her, she would never come into our house again. At some point, I realized I was very tired of everything and was ready to run away. I had no concrete plans or understanding of what I was going for. I was driven by fatigue and dreams of being a normal kid, whose parents don't own millions and don't decide everything for them, 
down to when to go to the bathroom or take a shower. 20 minutes later, Amanda followed me to the bus stop. Shall we go? I'll show you another world, she said with a smile. Let's go, I answered resolutely, and we rushed towards the adventure. An hour later, we found ourselves in a very strange place. The houses were so tightly packed together and so old that they seemed to be about to collapse. In the yards, children were walking around in dirty and worn-out clothes, but they looked happy and carefree. There was loud music and shouting coming from the open windows. It sounded like someone was fighting. I never heard people talking to each other in that tone before. On one hand, I felt uncomfortable and scared. But on the other hand, my soul was thirsty for experience and I wanted to immerse myself in this life. So I bravely followed Amanda. Well, princess, you are about to descend from heaven and experience all the pleasures of hell, my friend said with a laugh and opened the creaky door of her apartment. The first thing that hit my nose was a strong, unpleasant smell. Something like the smell of camembert cheese, but harsher and nastier. What's that smell? I asked Amanda. Smell? I don't smell anything. She answered embarrassedly. Maybe it's just my imagination, I thought. The apartment was furnished with old shabby furniture. A closet with a broken door, a three-legged couch, and a broken TV. I felt as if I'd entered into some kind of virtual world in survival mode. The sight of that apartment made my insides tighten. Could people really live like this? After a few minutes, there was a lot of knocking on the door. No, not even knocking. Pounding. Pounding with all my might. I was so frightened. I thought a war had broken out. But Amanda grinned and said, Don't be afraid. It's our neighbor Darcy. He's not himself again. He'll knock and then he'll stop. Would you like some tea? I nodded uncertainly. Meanwhile, the neighbor started shouting some undecipherable threats. For the first time in my life, I was so terrified that my body literally shook with fear. What if he breaks the door down? I asked fearfully. It wouldn't be the first time, and it wouldn't be the last, Amanda shrugged. If he hasn't broken it by now, he probably won't. My friend smiled at me. Probably? Probably? Awesome. I thought on the verge of hysteria. The half-destroyed house, the swearing, the screaming, the gloom. No, it wasn't what I'd hoped for at all. I imagined this world to be very different, and now I wanted to go home as soon as possible. To my commitments, to my parents, and my classes and my lessons. Only, how do I get out of here when there's a madman at the door? Amanda, don't take this the wrong way, but I have to go. How do I do that? When does your roommate leave? I asked my friend. I don't know, just ignore it. Let's talk. Tell me, do you like any guys? Amanda was clearly trying to distract me. But what kind of guy are we talking about when the door's about to come off the hinges with this freak? My life is in real danger. Besides, I wasn't worried for nothing. Something heavy and started kicking in the door lock. Even so, Amanda remained perfectly calm, and I wanted to rewind time and give up the stupid idea of running away from home. Against the backdrop of this nightmare, the violin lesson seemed harmless and sweet. Soon, the deranged neighbor broke the lock and broke into the apartment. He had a completely insane face and was demanding some money. I immediately rushed to get $20 out of my jeans pocket, which was all I had on me. But Amanda intercepted my hand. 
Are you crazy? Don't give him a dime. He'll be fine. She didn't seem scared, unlike me. I was mentally saying goodbye to my family and my life because I was sure it was the end. The money! Where's the money? Shouted the crazy neighbor with a hammer in his hands. I grasped Amanda's hand tightly and closed my eyes. Hey you! Get out of my house right now! You scared my friend! Amanda shouted defiantly. The madness seemed to go on forever and everything was in slow motion. And then the cops showed up at the apartment. They threw the crazy neighbor on the floor. My parents ran in after them. Honey, are you okay? Are you okay? My mother asked frightened, holding my hands. I'm not sure. I answered quietly and cried out, cuddling up to her. We drove home right away. On the way home, my parents comforted me and talked about how frightened they'd been to find me gone. My mother asked me to explain what I'd done and I told her that I was tired of the endless classes and wanted so badly to touch the lives of ordinary teenagers. You know, I understand you. I think we should reconsider your schedule and give you more free time. My mom smiled at me. Let Rose talk to whomever she wants. Sometimes it's good for a person to feel the difference between social strata to learn to appreciate what they have. Dad added, and for the first time, I was in agreement with him. Yes, it's hard to always be toned down and fit in with my family status, but that's my life and my way. Unfortunately, things aren't as all as rosy as I'd imagine for teenagers without cares and responsibilities. The last thing I want is to be trapezing around the streets in old worn-out clothes and then go to a time-worn old house and worry about insane neighbors. My life is much closer and more familiar to me, although it's not easy at all. By the way, my parents allowed me to keep in touch with Amanda, and I'm grateful for that. I still love her for her directness and ease, and I respect her as a friend. Funny, why do you refuse to come and visit me? It's after the incident, isn't it? She sometimes asks me, laughing. Yes, I almost died that day. Well, I can say for sure that opposites attract. Would you like to try living the life of a teenager from a different social stratum? Write your answers in the comments. And if you like this video, like it and share it with your friends.